Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what do you do when you return home to find that you had some unexpected visitors from the grave? That's today in our special weekend edition, kid-friendly edition of Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And it is 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com or email an audio file to me, Tony, T-O-N-Y at realghoststoriesonline.com. And of course, don't forget, this, this show is supported by you guys more than anything else. Yes, you hear ads on from time to time, but uh, the biggest thing that keeps us on the air is your guys' support as uh, an EPP, an extra podcast person. We greatly appreciate it when you become one. You get all the bonus episodes, put brand new ones out every single week for you. You get archived episodes. You get new episodes before they're released to the public. All of it commercial free. Uh, you get our ebook, you get our audiobook, lots of extras, and it's only $5 a month. You can, you like the show, you want all the extras, and you want to keep us uh, on the air and keep this uh, pirate ship afloat, sign up, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Harper joining you for the uh, weekend edition of Real Ghost Stories Online, the uh, the kid-friendly edition, and how are you this fine day? Good. Good. And they already know what I want for Christmas. You already know what you want for Christmas. Dare I ask what it is you want for Christmas? A freeze-dried squirrel. A freeze-dried... <laughs> <laughs> so, the other day, we... Um, and, and you'll hear about this on another episode, too, with Jen. Um, Jen uh, found... Uh, she literally woke me up. Uh, in the morning showing me this website that she'd found. She was looking for something completely other than freeze-dried squirrels. Um, it was uh, I, something to do with our other animals. I think it was like a 
I don't know, a pig house or something. I don't know, something that had to do with our uh, our pets. But what came up in the search results was uh, somebody that sells freeze-dried animals. Now, there's a thing called taxidermy that exists where, you know, people collect, you know, or, or they, they, you know, they... Uh, stuff or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, mummified animals. My, my, I have an uncle who is an avid hunter and in his house, I was, it felt like a museum growing up because he had like ducks and uh, his deer heads and all that. My uncle Jim, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, th- that, that's one thing, but this website had stuff on there like freeze dried flying squirrels and, and things of that nature that were posed in like I'm going to fly across your room uh, position and even had things added on to them. I just don't understand it. <laughs> the The explanation was, you know, they, they found the beauty in the animals and they didn't want it to just, you know, rot away when an animal dies out in nature. So they wanted to preserve it. So I get it. It's not my cup of tea for something I would want to put around my house, a strange flying squirrel. But I, what I did find interesting about the flying squirrels uh, was one specific thing. What do you mean? They had wings. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like, uh, flying squirrels <laughs> essentially have like webbed arms, but he had attached like uh, turkey feathers or something <laughs> to the, the squirrel. I'm like, and I said to Jen, and this is me being dumb, I said, uh, uh, I didn't realize flying squirrels actually had wings. I thought it was just webbed. And she's like, they don't. They added that to it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So, so you want one of those for your room, you say? No, I just think that the animals wouldn't respect that person for, like, freeze-drying them and adding uh, added a lot of body parts to it uh, and then displaying it. Would you respect someone if they freeze-dried you after you died and gave you a couple extra arms and then uh, sold you on a uh, website? Heck no. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> I think people and animals are a little bit different there, but uh, we're all creatures. It was uh, it was interesting nonetheless. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first story. Uh, it starts. It says, "I want to believe this was a joke." It was nineteen ninety six. In Iowa, a few friends and I were living off campus in our two-story house. Our friends lived across from us. One night, they asked us to come over and watch some movies. So we locked the doors and went over. It was wintertime as well, so all of our windows were locked and closed, and we lived on the second floor. Eventually, my friends and I all got tired, so we left. I unlocked and opened the door and went to the kitchen to get a soda from the fridge. When I turned on the lights, every cabinet and drawer was open. I ran back to our friends and was freaking out. Remember that? talking so fast about what I had just seen. They looked as freaked out as I was. I were feeling shivers and my hairs were all standing up on my arms and my heart was pounding so fast. After I calmed down, my friend asked if we had a bottle and a quarter. I had no clue why. So I searched around the house for a bottle, which I found, and a quarter. She placed the bottle on the table and it was a wine bottle, which has a large mouth opening. She said that was necessary. Well, we found one and put the bottle on the table and placed the quarter on top. All of us just stared at the bottle on the table. I did not know if she was doing some sort of seance or what. And about 40 seconds later, nothing was happening, which at that time, I did not know what was supposed to happen. So they laughed and said, I guess the house is shifting. We all turned around and left the kitchen. And I remember that I forgot to get my soda. So I went back to the fridge to grab it. 
and was talking with my friend about her classes and whatnot, and I looked at her and said, so what were you expecting to happen with this? She said, oh, I was reading somewhere that one way you can tell if there's something paranormal that you can put a bottle on the table and put a quarter on top. Something about they can't resist flipping the quarter off. Just then she heard a noise like someone snapping. It was weird because it was not the snap, but like a pop with a tinny sound. Hard to describe. Anyway, the quarter just flipped off. Not fell, flipped. I flipped as if someone put their hand under and flicked it. Not told anyone about this for fear of calling me crazy. Anyway, that's my ghost story. Still makes me wonder to this day if we have a visitor. My girlfriends are not magicians and the point that our door was locked and the windows shut tight and all of us across the way, I still to this day feel that it was something I just, it just had to be. Okay, this is one of those stories where there's possibly a completely logical explanation and there is something that could be paranormal if we know a little bit more about the bottle. What do you think? Well, if you were at a friend's house, they could possibly be trying to be pranking you by opening all the cabinets and and doors in the room. And like they're just trying to screw with you? Yeah. Well, you could probably try to screw with someone with that uh, that bottle trick, if you will. And here's where it could be a trick. Now, mind you, I've never tried this. I don't think I've ever even heard of this, but just my logistical mind thinks of it this way. If you open a fresh bottle, now it's one thing if it's flat and there's no carbonation in it and you just open it and put a quarter on it, um, nothing's going to happen unless you have uh, something paranormal going on. But if you open a fresh bottle of carbonated whatever, can be soda, can be something like that, and put the quarter on it. What you're going to have essentially is carbonation. If you put that quarter on it right away after you open it, if that soda is not fizzing up, you put a quarter on. You're essentially putting a seal somewhat on top of that that soda, and the carbonation and the pressure will build up eventually and pop that quarter off. Okay, that's not a ghost. That's just that's science. That's science. Um, so I guess your, your true test of it, if, if you believe that they can't resist to flip the quarter off the bottle is you'd have to really kind of do it with like a bottle of water, uncarbonated water to really take any of the variables out of that science equation. So one of those things where, you know, seems pretty paranormal, but there are there could certainly be logical explanations as there are with many things. So we always want to look at when we're talking about ghost stories is what possible logical explanations could there be? Not to say you didn't have this experience and it freaked you out. I believe you, but what caused that experience and those feelings to come on may be explainable. So that's what we want to take a look at sometimes. Make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you open a bottle of soda, you know, sometimes when you twist it, you almost feel the cap kind of push up at your hand for a second as you untwist it. That's the pressure. That's the, that's the carbonation pushing it out. You put a quarter on there. It's just nothing sealing it to that, that soda. That thing can easily just come right off when the pressure is built up enough. It's like when you put Mentos in a soda, you're increasing the carbonation and those Mentos are going to go flying everything out of that soda. Um, that's exactly what we're talking about here. 
So, um, although, could there be something? Yes, but you got to consider that too. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to show your real ghost stories with us. Next one says, my grandmother and my dad could make a table talk. That is what my dad called it anyway. They talk to spirits. I think that is why things happen to me. I have a little bit of uh, them in me. First thing that ever happens to me that I can remember clear to to this day was with a mirror. I was 12 and in my dad's truck going home, it was around nine at night, so it was dark. I was just sitting there when I investigated the side mirror and myself when suddenly my reflection sticks its tongue out at me. I did not know what to think. I thought maybe it was lights from the streetlights making it look like it had done it. I looked at my dad and he did not see it. So I looked again and sure enough, it did it again. I sat there frozen and I looked at my dad again and wanted to say something, but the words would not come out. I thought to myself, he'll think you're so crazy and I can't say anything. The rest of the ride, I never looked at the mirror again. Second time I had anything happen with the mirror was when I was 19. I was living with my first husband in an apartment building that was run by an older lady who who told us her dead husband and dead dog watched over the place. One night I could not sleep well. I was used to being up at night because I worked the night shift. So while my husband sleeps, I sat in the dark on the bed smoking. At the end of our bed on the other side of the room was my dresser with a big mirror. It was not really dark in the room, so I could see myself in the mirror. As I sat there, I noticed my reflection was not moving the same way I was. I watched it even longer, and suddenly my reflection turned to the side of the bed, stood up, and walked towards me. I could not scream. I could not even move at first. I looked at my sleeping husband and sat frozen for what seemed forever. I looked back at the mirror and my reflection was even closer. When I could move at all, all I could do was hide under the blanket like a child. I laid there for hours before I finally looked back again and it was all back to normal. The next day, I did not say a word. I took a sheet, covered the mirror, and I've been covering them ever since. My husband now knows why I do it. What are your thoughts on that? Mirrors are kind of like one of those objects where there's always like something to a mirror. Mm-hmm. Mirrors are the most likely to be a haunted object. Why? It's just like one of those things. Like it could be like a legend. Oh, this person died and the last thing she saw was the mirror. Is there energy associated with the mirror? Like when we we get our, we, we look into a mirror and we see our reflection, obviously in this case, she saw a reflection doing its own thing. But are, are mirrors absorbing somewhat of what, what goes through it over time? Is, is there anything like that? And mirrors are used in a lot of ritualistic type things when it comes to ghosts uh, or, or trying to conjure them up. Have you ever heard of Bloody Mary? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah, it's like one of those things. Okay. No, well that now Bloody Mary is an interesting thing. Bloody Mary is like an urban legend type thing. But we have had people on the show who have said that they have practiced that as a child thinking it was just a childhood game and then things actually happened. Now, is it because of Bloody Mary or is it because the kids were essentially inviting something to come in? Uh, with what they thought was just a game, like using a Ouija board almost. Yeah. Yeah, something more along those lines. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a it's a interesting thing with mirrors. Your mom refuses to buy a used one. Um, if we get a mirror, it, it usually has to be brand new, but she won't buy a used one 
for reasons like this of wondering, well, what was the environment that it was in and, and could something be attached to it? I'm almost wondering if it's not so much the mirror, but the mirror provides this almost a screen, like a television screen to project its energy out uh, as opposed to like just a haunted uh, notebook or or something like that, something that's an inanimate object that won't reflect anything, but a mirror itself has a way of of showing things that other objects do not. And, and that it's just like any other object, but because it has that, it makes it that much spookier to us because we're able to, you know, see things directly in it. Yeah. Like a haunted television. You know, we've had stories of people where TV's unplugged and off, yet something is on the screen. That's terrifying. Same sort of, I think, uh, kind of a theory. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next one says, so maybe this is not worth writing in about, but I thought it was kind of freaky, so why not? So my boyfriend and I moved out of his uh, dad's house into our apartment about four or five months ago now, just before the whole coronavirus. Anyway, the apartment used to be a mental asylum, which in Ireland was used for all the wrong reasons back in the day. It had been around since 1852. Not sure when the asylum closed, but uh, it's now all apartments. There's another asylum just up a bit from it called St. Kevin's, which is now abandoned. There's also part of the apartment complex we're in that still has been done up, and it's literally right next to us because we're the last apartment on our block, which is kind of annoying more than freaky due to teenagers hanging out there and causing trouble. Anyways, to my story, just background for you guys. So it came uh, to so uh, it can make such a so it can make sense. Also, keep in mind, I've always been watching paranormal stuff on YouTube and never got any bad feelings since we were here. Anyway, my boyfriend and our new little puppy were asleep on the couch while I was cooking dinner. While I was a few minutes into cooking, I felt this tug on my leg and instantly presumed it was the puppy. So I turned around and scolded her to stop and then realizing she was not there. Looked over to my boyfriend on the couch who was cuddled up with her. Shrugged it off. A few moments later, I then heard a woman's voice. I cannot even describe it, but it freaked me the hell out. It sounded like I was all it was all over the house. Possibly she was singing or humming high-pitched. I did not really know what I heard, but I knew it was an unusual woman's voice. And it was loud and high-pitched. So you can hear the neighbors if they're in the hallway. But I just knew it was not, as I know both their neighbors and how they sound. The same night or the following night, I'm not too sure I was taking the puppy to go to the bathroom during the middle of the night. Our hallway lights are censored, so I'm on the bottom floor. We have the whole light turned on. When we get out of our apartment and we get about halfway, there's a door up ahead. We've got to go through before we get to the door to go outside. When I walked outside of my apartment into the hall, I witnessed the second censored light go off, which meant someone had just come in and went up the stairs or through the door and would have had to pass me. The hallways in the complex are very freaky, freaky, and you can hear everything. No one went up the stairs or walked past me. I would know it. Again, I just ignored it. After bringing the puppy out, I heard her back to bed. I went back to bed, too. The whole time I was lying in bed, I could feel eyes on me. I opened my eyes, and there was no one there. But every time I closed them, I felt as if someone was next to me, watching me sleep. Eventually, I did fall asleep and have not felt or had any experiences since. Okay, one thing is something that would be watching you in your sleep. What about it? That's scary and freaky. It is. And so many other words that I cannot say. <laughs> so when you 
when you have this experience and, and you have these feelings, it's one thing to have the feelings, but it's another when you're actually getting a little bit of evidence along with it. Let's go to our next caller. Hi, let's hear your ghost story. Hello, guys. I want to say how much I enjoy your all's podcast. I found it about a month ago, and it's been a relief during the COVID-19 quarantine. Love your all's storytelling, and I love listening. So I thought that I would call and share one of my stories. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, I am a believer. Um, I, I grew up in a haunted house, but that's not what I'm going to talk about today. Maybe I'll call back another time for that. What I wanted to talk about is what I've experienced as an adult. You see, I'm a history teacher. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm a history teacher, and um, my area of special uh, my area of specialty is the American Civil War. So, when 2013 rolled around, uh, the 2011 through 2015 was a very special time. It was the sesquicentennial of the Civil War, 150 year anniversaries. And my mom, my sister, and myself booked a vacation to Gettysburg to visit on the exact 150 50th anniversary on July the 1st through the 3rd. So visiting a Civil War battlefield for me is always a spiritual experience. And people may scoff at that or may laugh, but it truly is. When you go to one of these battlefields with a knowledge of what has happened, um, it can strike you and it can be overwhelming. Uh, I've been overwhelmed at Antietam in Maryland. I I've I've had moments on these battlefields where I just feel something. Well, my mom and my sister are big into the paranormal, and they were on my case through all of the year of 2013 while we were planning this vacation. They're like, Matt, if there was any time that you're going to see a ghost on a battlefield, this is going to be it, you think. We want you to take us someplace that you think would be a hot spot. Well, to be honest with you, the whole battlefield could be a hot spot. Fifty over fifty thousand men were killed or wounded at the Battle of Gettysburg. So I thought about it and I said, you know, I don't want to go where every other tourist is going to go. Because the National Park Service was giving a fantastic opportunity. Usually these battlefields close at dark, but with the influx of travelers on the anniversary, they were open till midnight. So it was a very rare chance to legally be on the battlefield after the sun went down. So I told my mom and sister that my pick would be July the 2nd, the Battle of the Wheatfield. Now, the Wheatfield doesn't get all the press uh, that uh, other parts of the Battle of Gettysburg get, uh, thanks to the movies like Gettysburg. Uh, it's, it, it's right behind the Little Round Top, where the famous last stand of the 20th Maine and their compatriots took place. But the Battle of the Wheatfield uh, was bloodier. More men were injured. And so I've been to Gettysburg now seven or eight times. And I've been before I went in 2013. And I told my mom and sister, nobody really stops at the Wheatfield. And it is as close as you could be to period accurate. Uh, it's literally just the field. And they've cut a couple of little paths in for you to walk where they have plaques and statues. And then for the rest of the part, for the most part, it looks like it did in 1863. So we pull in about 10 p.m. The sun is long gone. And my mom and my sister wanted to learn more about what took place there. I knew what had happened on the, at the wheat field. So I 
kind of hung back. And I wish I can properly put into words the feeling that, that, that we had. My mom and my sister were way ahead of me, about a, a football field's length, about 100 yards. And I decided to just sit down on this little path with this tall grass all around me. And I do this on every Civil War battlefield, and your listeners may laugh, but it, it truly is a special experience for me. I just whisper, and I say, you know, I want you to let you know that I'm a history teacher. Um, I teach our youth today what you sacrificed and what you went through here, and um, you're not forgotten. No matter what side you fought on, north or south, you're not forgotten. And it was dead steel. There was no wind, really. But... As I moved on from that little, uh, I guess, meditation session, you could felt like that things were nipping at your legs. I was wearing shorts. My mom was wearing pants. And she came jogging down the path. She said, Matt, I, this is creeping me out. It feels like there's people all around us. There wasn't a single car at the pull-off for the wheat field. It was just us three in that field of wheat. You truly could feel a presence. We start snapping our photos and uh, we spend about a half hour there as we're driving back to our hotel, which was out of town because uh, everything was booked in Gettysburg. We start going through our photos. And while I was sitting perfectly still, I captured the outline, what looks like a man laying on the path next to me, the outline of a man. I wasn't moving. There's no reason for the camera to malfunction my phone, my camera phone. And um, if I can find that photo, I'll email it to you guys. But the experiences that we have had on – that I have had personally on Civil War battlefields and any battlefield in America, I've been to some revolutionary battlefields and alike. If you take the time to just be quiet and remember and think about what truly took place there, some of the most chilling and um, important experiences of your life could take place on those on those fields so once that's my story i hope that uh you enjoyed it and i cannot wait to listen to all of your shows take care and stay safe thank you for uh for sharing that story and uh, an experience with us what are your thoughts well it's a battlefield mm-hmm. of course you're gonna have energy there because thousands of people died there yeah it, 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 it's i i i would be i'm, I'm very curious if I think you'd have better odds finding uh, a battlefield that is haunted than finding one that is not haunted. I, I, I would think that you're talking 99.9% of them haunted. Um, or it's just, you know, there, there's going to be that energy there. People die there on, you know, I can't say unexpectedly you're going into battle, but they they certainly, their intent is not to die. They they would like to survive, but but lives are changed and and ended and... Families are ruined, and there's a lot of energy that happens when someone dies, um, you know, in a battle. Um, so, but what I do like about it in his approach was the way that he said that he went about um, trying to communicate and let them know that he was there. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What part? Um, when he was like, um, sitting on the battlefield and like saying those prayers and stuff like that yeah and and really communicating to them saying you know hey i am here to help 
Um, you know, I am, I, I, I do this for a living. I teach kids about your story and what happened. And, and I'm here really just to kind of absorb more of your story. Uh, I'm not here to, you know, invade. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to do anything, but, but coming to it with respect. I think that's very important because there's, there's people out there that when they get into, to ghost investigating and ghost hunting, and I've had some on the show before and I've, I've, it's been a long time. But uh, early on, I had talked to to one investigator who was pretty young and he was just getting into it. And I, I'm thinking he probably got a lot of his ideas on ghost hunting off of television. And I am not a ghost hunter, but I can tell you what is appropriate and what's not appropriate to do. And one thing that I, I do not believe is appropriate to do is to sit there and taunt them and and say mean things and try and bring them out by essentially shaming or disgracing or insulting or anything like that to a spirit. Now, it may look on TV like you're all badass and everything and you're talking mean to a ghost, but most of the time, it, it's not something... Number one, you wouldn't want to do that to something that that is evil or something that, that could wreak havoc in your life. Uh, that's just not something you want to do. And number two, you certainly wouldn't want to do it if it's not that, but it was the spirit of a person. Why would you walk into a room or a building that's not yours, someone else's home, and just start insulting them and being rude to them and mean to them when, when they're allowing you to be in their space? That's not a way to have, have a positive experience. Is there a way that you may get some evidence out of that? Sure, but I think there's also ways of getting evidence uh, in ways that are not uh, that that vile. It, it, it's it's very similar to some people's um, philosophies on on training anything. Um, animals. Some people will train animals with uh, with force and 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 try and you know hurt them and slap them around. And and, and there there's some cases where. Uh, you know, you do have to to emulate what a parent animal will do, but there's just pure abuse as well. Um, and and there's people out there that just practice that, and they view that if it, it, everything is done in fear, that things will go well. People raise their children that way too, where they they raise their children to fear them, not to respect them, but they fear them, and then they think misconstrue uh, as an individual that obedience that they're getting out of their child or their animal as respect when it's really fear. You can have much more of a positive effect on an individual, get an individual or an animal or a pet to do what you want them to do or help guide them along a path that's going to be right for them if they respect you a hell of a lot more than if they're afraid of you. I mean, if you were afraid of me, I don't think you'd want to be doing a podcast or coming to me for advice on what you want to do with your career. And you're only seven, but yeah, but, but uh, you know, if, if you were, if we had that relationship and, and it was, you were afraid of me, I, it wouldn't be something that we could dive into. You know, you would listen to me, but we wouldn't have this kind of a relationship where we could talk about things and we could do things. It would be more like, dad, what should I do right now? Because this is happening. It's not as a, open, honest, we can talk and, and have a good, positive experience. And the same is with ghosts. Um, if you are kind and, and, and you let them be welcoming to you, um, it, it, it can breed, I think, a lot more results that are positive uh, versus negative. 
Yeah, because you always want to be nice to be to someone and do the right thing. You don't you don't always want to walk into a room and insult someone. There's very little that ever comes out of that that is positive. And I get frustrated with the best of them when I feel like I'm being wronged or someone has wronged me and I want to set that record straight. That's something that I have a, a good drive on. And you've probably witnessed me do that a, a time or two in your life. But um, it's it's it, nothing when if I ever get that way where it's like, I'm going to let you know that what you did was wrong um, or inappropriate. But I'm not expecting that it's then going to correct a situation and make someone do something different. Because people who are doing the wrong thing quite often, if it's with malice, there's no correcting that. They have to choose to change a way uh, for that to happen. There's no amount of me saying, uh, you wronged me, this is not correct, that's going to get that changed. But if it's an innocent, accidental thing and someone can own up to it, that's when you go, my bad, we can fix this. And a lot of people are like that, but there's plenty that are not. And if you go into a situation with a ghost and you're just, boom, I'm here to insult you, good luck getting that thing to ever be on your side again or want to communicate with you. They just kind of view you as, as a loose cannon or not understanding them at all. If that's how you think that um, they'd want to be talked to. So there you go. Interesting story. Thank you for that one. We do greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you got a ghost story, share it with us right in. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. The website, Real Ghost Stories Online. Com. And if you like the show, keep us on the air, become an extra podcast person, a supporter at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Harper and all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.